What drives you? What inspires you? Let's ignite your why. Welcome back to another episode of Ignite Your Why podcast. I'm your host, Austin T. Gulley, and we're here to have genuine conversations with authentic people to help amplify their voice and figure out what ignites their why. Today's guest is a Covington native where he was born and raised. Upon graduating from Holmes High School in 2017, he attended Lindsey Wilson College before transferring to Western Kentucky University. He recently just graduated a few weeks ago as a first-generation college student with a double major in criminology and sociology. He's a proud member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated and also has a passion for photography. Currently, he does motivational speaking and is in the process of rebranding his clothing line. So stay tuned for more details in the future. Let's give a warm welcome to Jay York. Jay, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Blessed to be here for sure. I'm, I'm excited for this one because like, I really asked you to be on this podcast a year ago. Yeah. But then, like, I was like, man, like, dude's going to school, dude's <laughs> doing this, that, and that. I'm like, and I was working seven days a week, so I was like. Sure. Yeah, it was it was tough, man. Uh, I was like, man, he you reached out a while ago, and I was like, yeah, I can do it. And then, like, I was so busy trying to graduate, trying to get everything in line down in school. And uh, I was like, man, I kind of felt bad because I didn't get the chance to do it. And I was like, we're going to make it happen one day for sure. And, I, I yeah. literally was waiting until you graduated. Because, like, I followed your journey on social media. Yeah. And I was like, it's shaping out. I was like, the time is coming. So I was like, I got to, like, plan this accordingly. So I was like, he just graduated. Now is the time to do it. Now is the time. And no better time. All timing is perfect timing. So we're here now. But congratulations on graduating. That's amazing. College is not easy, but especially as a first gen. It was tough, for sure. It was tough uh, not really being able to get help from, you know, like, from your parents. A lot of my peers at school, it was like, oh, I'm broke. Let me call mom, have her send me some money. Or I'm, I need help doing this. And, and I didn't have, like, I had to rely on the people at the university, which shout out to them, man. They really took care of me, for sure. I, I get it. Because it's like, you go to school. My parents didn't go to college. Yeah. So it's like, you can't really vent. Mm-hmm. And, like, explain your frustrations because they don't really understand it. Same response. You got it. Yeah, you, you got you, it. You could do it. I'm like, you don't get it. It's, it's, it's tough. But yeah, Many it's, it's times I wanted to be like, peace. You know what I mean? And I think that's the benefit of me going away from home. It's like I couldn't just be like, you know what? I'm packing my stuff and leaving. I was three and a half hours away, which I could have. But it was like a long that three and a half hour drive would be like, you know what? I'm not staying here. I'll just, I'll just come for a couple of days and go back for sure. I feel it. So let's get into the first segment of this podcast, man. Uh, so what is your story? Oh, man, my story is everything to me. Um, so like you said, um, I'm from Covington. I was born in Covington. My mom actually had me when she was 15 years old. And so like that's like that's the the spark to the flame. You know, like my mom was 15 years old when she had me, um, when she had me at the time. You know, both both her parents addicted to drugs. So, like, she was a child raising a child, and she was also raising her younger brother. So it was like, at the time, you know, it was it was very tough for her. Um, so she ended up not being able to finish school. So she had to drop out of high school. I think sophomore year of high school, she dropped out when she had me. Um, and so from there, it was just it was just a, a struggle. You know, what I mean, uphill battle. But you know, struggles oftentimes lead to later successes. And so that's why I just like. Anytime somebody, you know, asks me to tell my story, I always have to mention my mom because that's kind of like 
it's not my story, but it is. Like, that's why my story is so significant. It's because of everything that my mom sacrificed to be here. But yeah, she had me. We moved um, from Greenup to Latonia Terrace, lived there for like nine years. Um, then we ended up getting evicted from Latonia Terrace. Uh, one of my family members who was actually paroling to my mom's apartment, like most of the, most of the, Things that went wrong in, in my upbringing was because my mom's heart was so big. Like, so one of my family members was paroling to our apartment on, on house arrest. Um, and he ended up overdosing on heroin, like in the apartment. And so he was there. I came back from. So one of the things my mom always did to keep me out of trouble was keep me in sports. I was always in sports and she was always like working doubles. So she was never home. Like it would be one of those things like, OK, the keys under the mat, go home, make you some noodles and, and get get ready for bed. Um, and one day I came back from a football game and he, I found him overdosed. You know, I was like 12 years old, bro. So like seeing that as a kid, like a lot of things that I saw as a kid really shaped me and, and my mindset and caused me to grow up really early. But that happened. We got evicted from Latonia Terrace, moved in with my grandma and my uncle. So then we were in a, a two bedroom duplex with my mom, my grandma, my uncle, myself and my younger brother. All around the time I'm hitting puberty, you know what I'm saying? Like life going through life changes. It, it was tough, man. But like I said, those struggles kind of really motivated me. Um, and it really allowed me to see what strength looked like. Like my mom really had to, like I said, sacrifice and dig deep within herself to because she had so many reasons just to like give up, bro. It was it was tough, man. But shout out to my mom. She really, she really held it down for me and kind of showed me what it looked like to to struggle early on. And I think that. While it was unfortunate to struggle that early, it was like, it was a blessing in disguise because like, when I, as an adult now, when I struggle, it's like, it's nothing compared to the struggles that, you know, we went through um, growing up. And so it's like, a lot of my peers are, they'll be like, man, like you, you don't really get that phase, but when like hard times come, it was like, I've experienced that as a really young child. And so like, and really when I think about it, like, I don't even know how I was able to comprehend those things as a child. And, you know, so, so it was tough. But my mom, she always she always was real with me. She never, like, hid things. She would, like, whatever we was going through at the time, she would be like, look, son, this is what it is. And, like, so that really helped me, like, understand that life is not all, you know what I'm saying, peaches and roses. Um, but, yeah, so went to school. Um, I never really had, like, role models. So like every man in my family was either in jail for selling drugs or out of jail and on drugs. So it's like, I never really had like somebody to be like, man, I want to be like you when I grow up. And so like that kind of like really motivated me to be like, you know, I'm going to be somebody that some, that somebody that I'm around can look up to and be like, I want to be like him. You know what I mean? And so went to school at homes. Um, it was tough. It was like, it was easy. Like, it was never a challenge. <laughs> like, it was like, I just show up every day and yep. I know I'm a pass. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have any challenges, which that came back to bite me in college, but uh, kind of skated through school. You know, it's like my mentor always told me, like, yeah, like, because he was my teacher and my baseball coach. So, Brian Moore, he always told me, like, man, like, you're doing great. I'm proud of you. But remember that you're the smartest kid at homes. And I would always like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you saying? And I never realized I got out of homes and got in a university. And I was like, this is, I am not the smartest person here. You know what I mean? Like, It's definitely a shock. Just because you're like so used to like, it's weird. Because like in school, you're like seeing same people five days a week. Mm -hmm. You get used to this, I guess, normal. And like, I kind of want to like track back to like your childhood. Because like, I feel like I've had this conversation 
with someone like very similar. Their stories, yeah. everyone's story is different, but sure. it's crazy because like growing up in Covington, a lot of the stuff is like normalized man but then like when you get exposed to like different cultures you're like oh shit like, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not was, normal <laughs> it was so crazy i'll never forget and i mean i'm transparent i don't i don't really hide anything um i was at Lindsay wilson bro and you know like i'm so used to my upbringing here like um my family you know like i said my family was either in drug in jail for drugs or out using drugs and so you know my mom like she would always keep it real like look i I drink a little bit and, you know, I do what I do. And I was like, you know, I, I respect that because you're not out here doing what, what a lot of people could be doing. And so it was like seeing my mom drink and stuff was, was kind of normal. And like my mom was like, look, I know what you're exposed to every day. So if you're going to go out here and drink and you're not at the age, like I would rather you do that at home so you're not getting in trouble. So like I went to school and my my, my boys was like, yo, what are you doing this week? I was like, it's parent family weekend. My mom and them are coming in town. Like they got an Airbnb. Like we can go hang out with my family. You know, they're cooking stuff. And uh, we were at the table, and my mom's like, well, it was my freshman year of college. She's like, let's take a shot. And my friends was like, what? <laughs> did, did your mom just? I was like, man, like, that's how I really, like, that was the first wake-up call. Like, okay, like, that's funny maybe because, I like, didn't grow up how everybody else. It's like, funny because, like, my mom and dad would take shots with my brother and his friends. Yeah. And, like, when we were in college, because it's like, we would go pregame. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, my parents were the kind of parents where, like, if you're gonna do it, like at least let us know. That yeah. way we can like drive you to or from. Sure. But it is crazy because there's like kids that like still grow up in northern Kentucky, but they have a completely different like outlook. And I think the first thing that made me realize that like I did not grow up how I grew up. It was moving day. Um and like I took a scholarship to play football. So, you know, all the athlete athletes like moved in early. And when I got there, it was you know, it was just me and my mom. Like we had one car packed to the brim, like the basic needs, you know, and most of that was donated from like organizations here. And so when I got there, like, it would be like, it was like families of like six or seven. And, you know, they're like, all the students, all the students are crying. I'm just like, I'm kind of like a, a relief. Like I'm, I'm ready <laughs> to get out of there. So it was like, and you know, just having me and my mom there, it was, it was really, it made me realize like, dang, like a lot of people have, you know, full nuclear families, like mom, dad, you know what I mean? Like, especially mm-hmm. because Nobody that I played football with at Lindsay was from Covington. Like most of them from, you know, suburban, you know, like areas. And it was it was different, man. But getting to know them and they're kind of like, man, why are you so like down to earth? And I'm like, man, I had no choice. <laughs> I had no choice. Me and my mom was like, like she was 15. I had no choice but to be like friends with my mom. You know what I mean? Like we we kind of grew up together. So it was it was it, it was a blessing and a curse. You know what I mean? It was it was, it was dope. That's wild to me. I remember your mom too. Like she's a truly an like amazing my mom person. was the one that was getting kicked out of baseball games. <laughs> she's a, she was a dope person. She I will is give her dope, that. Man. And she's like down she, to earth. she's done an amazing job. I will say that. I be telling her she's like I'm so proud of you. I'm like man, I'm proud of you. Like I like it's like my best friend. It's so weird because like I, I you know I made friends in college. And you go mom and they're like your mom is like not what I expected her to be like. And I was like that's because she was a baby when she had me. Like right. she was 15. So we grew up. Like, she wasn't even, by the time she was 21, I was six years old. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so it, it's, it's a different type of relationship, but I'm so grateful for that. You know what I mean? Like, because now, like, I'm at the point where I can not only provide for myself, but I can, I can also, you know, pay my mom back. And it's like, she's not super old. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so we can go out and we can take trips and things like that. So it's, it's dope, for sure. That is cool. 
my parents, I love my parents to death. And, like, I feel like my parents were, like, the cool parents. They were, Everyone, man. I remember your parents. That's for sure. Everyone loved my parents. And, like, my dad, shout out to my dad, but he loved to embarrass me. <laughs> no matter where we go, like, he always loved to do that. But I think one thing that really, like, stood with me, like, when you were talking, is, like, how you didn't have that male figure growing yeah. up to look up to. And I feel like a lot of kids in Covington especially have that same story. Absolutely. Which is why, like, I get it. Like, I, I wanted to be a role model. Like, I wanted to set an example for other kids because it's like we're always told, especially, like, I felt like being from Covington is, like, you're from Covington. You ain't going to be shit. You ain't going right. to do shit. For sure. And it's just, like, just because where you come from, just because I went to homes. And, like, even though, like, I didn't have the same upbringing as a lot of kids like I was very fortunate I had both of my parents like I'm very blessed like you know what I mean but it was just that stigma of Man. going to homes and it's everlasting bro like I just graduated with with a degree from a from a university and two like, degrees you know what I'm saying like, I don't want to hype myself nah, up don't, <laughs> hey that's that's so, your flex that's your sure, flex don't sure. don't 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 shy yourself short don't so sell I, yourself I was short. I was applying for a job today at Gateway for like a recruitment um a diversity recruitment officer and like I literally hesitated to put where I graduated from because it was like, okay, Mm-mm. it's in, it was at the Edgewood location. So mm-hmm. if it was the Covington location, it would be different. But I was applying to the Edgewood location. And I was like, well, if I put them from home, they might not want to hire. You know, it's like, dang, like that stigma really exists. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. even though I have, you know, degrees and I have these things, it's like, it really, there's really a stigma that comes with it. And, and the crazy thing is there's so much potential in those, in that building. You know what I mean? Like, crazy potential and, I, and that that's kind of part of my why as well that i'll get into it later but it's crazy man the stigma is definitely real i tell people like where you're from doesn't define who you are it just plays a little bit mm-hmm. in your story for sure but did you apply i did okay. i did man i, did. I know someone <laughs> who works there i'm gonna reach out man. and man, put man, in a man. word do that bro connections appreciate it that's the power <laughs> of networking right there, literally man. so we kind of talked about your upbringing we talked about going to school, but my my question is like, why the switch? Why from Lindsey Wilson to WKU? Man, that I think that is what had the biggest impact on my college career. Not only because going like transferring was the best thing that's ever happened to me, but uh, you know, like when I I genuinely, realistically, like I didn't want to go to college. You know what I mean? Unless I was playing sports, and so luckily I had gotten an offer from Lindsey Wilson to play football. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, like it's a small town. It'll help me focus and things like that. So I ended up taking a scholarship to play at Lindsey Wilson, moved in, man. I loved the coaching staff. I loved my my friends down there. But when I say there's literally a gas station and a Walmart in Columbia, Kentucky, like <laughs> it was the worst, like that's all socially. It was the worst year of my life. Like, it, but it helped me so much. And I didn't realize it until after I had left. So got down there and when you're a student athlete um, at, a, at, a, at the college level, like, they are on you. There's, like, your academics is not, like, I probably spent more time at the library than I did in it's my dorm. Job. You know what I mean? Like, it's it like, is a job. wake up, 5.45 a.m., lift. From there, you got classes. From there, you go and do weights. Then you got practice. Then you got dinner and back in bed for bed check. It's, it was crazy. But it, it it really helped me get, like, like I said, when I left high school, I didn't have discipline, like, I didn't have, like, at homes, I didn't have to study for tests. Like, mm-hmm. I just kind of showed up. I was like, oh, we got tested? Cool. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it taught me that discipline that I needed that I wouldn't have had to succeed at Western. You know what I mean? So I was at Lindsay playing playing ball, um, but I came in with a back injury. So I played in the 
in the All-Star game, my senior, my summer after my senior year, when I was in North Kentucky, played in the All-Star baseball and football game. Um, and while we was practicing for the football game, I injured my back. But I kind of like, it was a slight injury. You know what I mean? It was something that, okay, I could recover for, but I didn't take the pro- proper, you know, physical therapy that mm-hmm. I needed. So it never really healed. So then when I got to Lynch, like they gave me a workout plan the summer before I came. I was doing that workout. And I noticed, like, man, my back is not okay. And I'm trying to, like, push through. I was one of those guys, like, I hated going to the doctor. So I'm like, I'm good, man. Let me just rest up. Me. And so, like, <laughs> I thought I was good. Long story short, it kind of just got it got worse. You know, got worse. So I got down there, and my the trainer was like, yeah, let's uh, let's 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 take it easy for a while. You know what I'm saying? So I was doing physical therapy. The training staff was great. They work on me every day. Um, and I my core got stronger, which helped, which took a lot of pressure off my spine and things like that. But... Now, they cleared me after, like, a couple months of therapy. First practice out there, I tweaked it again. I was like, man, like, okay, you know, I'm just a freshman. Like, it's all good. Like, I'll do what I need to do. Um, and I saw that, like, okay, I'm I'm fourth in the depth chart because I'm injured. Like, I can't play. But, like, I'm looking at the guys who are starting. I'm like, I can play next year. Like, if I get healthy, I can mm-hmm. play next year. Kept doing PT, PT, PT. They cleared me in the spring, like, going into the – the winter going into the spring semester, it's like, you know, you're you're, you're going to come back and you're going to be back. You know what I mean? So I'm like, cool, great. I'm doing my workouts. And then it was like the first workout of the with the actual team. I was like, man, like, I'm trying to ignore the fact that my back is still hurting. Like, my back still hurts. So I was like, okay. Went and was transparent with the trainers. And they were like, well, let's, let's get you to a doctor. You know what I mean? So got to a doctor. Um, they had me go couple cast cat scans and things like that, MRIs. And they was like, uh, Mr. York, I, I I hate to break it to you, but I don't advise that you keep playing football. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm that's what I do. Like, and they're like, nah, like, um, you have a stress fracture in your L three. And it sounds bad. And I was like, okay, that that's bad. And it's like, well let me put it into perspective. Do you remember Kevin Ware, the little basketball player whose mm-hmm. bone came out of his knee? Yeah, it's just Yeah, snapped. like he had a stress fracture. And he can, he decided to keep playing. And that's what caused that bone to pop out like that. Mm. So when he was like, look, this is your spine. This is not your leg. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then when my mom heard that, she was like, mm-mm. You're done. Nope. And I'm like, mom, I'm grown. Like, I'm going to make my own decisions. But she was like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're done. And I was like, I mean, I was going to be done anyway. Once he, once he compared that to Kevin Ware, I was like, yeah, it's over. Um, and so... Took that into consideration, and obviously, like, if I can't play and I never got the chance to really show what I could do, it was kind of hard to, for them to keep my scholarship on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were going to let me, like, finish out the semester. But, like, like I said, the town was horrible for me. My Like, it's probably great for other people, but for me, it was horrible. Um, You're not the first person to say that, like, though. It, it, it like, I've talked horrible. to other— Janelle like, went there. Like, it was horrible, yeah, I talked bro. to other Covington kids who went there, and they always ended up either going somewhere else or yeah, doing something sure. different. Because Tyra went there, I remember. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Dicer, mm-hmm. uh, she went there Play soccer, as well. Yeah. It, it was it was So it's just bro. like— not gonna, I'm not going to even, like, sugarcoat it. It sucked. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> it was horrible, but— Went back uh, for the spring semester, um, and because I was injured, there was basically, like, there was a guy who got injured, and they just made him, like, a manager on the team. Only thing is, like, you still have to get up at 5.45 a.m. to to go to the workouts and watch them work out. Oh, hell no. You know what I mean? So I was like, I'm not playing. I'm already bitter because I can't play, and guys that I know I'm better than are out there playing. So I was like, okay. 
Nah, you got me. You got me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't want to be here anyway. It's like I was only here because I was gonna play yeah. football. So I was like talking. I was just thinking to myself, man, and kind of doing a little bit of reflecting. I was like, honestly, I didn't consider transfer. I just considered like going back home. I was like, yeah. man, I'm just about to go home. You know what I mean? And then like I met with my advisor and kind of told them what I want to do, and they was like. You're not gonna like at least try to go to a different school, and I was like, nah, like I'm I want to play ball. I'm not playing ball. It was like, Miss York, I don't know if you realize, but you have a 4.0, and I was like, oh yeah, I, I do have a 4.0, <laughs> and that was just because of like I went down there and developed study habits. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that was all I could do was study, go to football, and now I'm not playing football. Well, at this point, I was still on a team, and I was like, okay, maybe I'm just gonna like. He was like, I, I advise you just finish the semester out. You know, what I mean, apply to other schools. And I was like, okay, I'll apply. So I applied to Western. I applied to EKU, NKU. And I was like, man, like, I really don't want to go back home. Like, I know if I go back home, I'm not, like, like, you know, academic-wise, I had matured a lot. But mentally, I still, like, I knew I wasn't mature enough to go back home and not fall back into ways that I knew I shouldn't, things mm-hmm. that I shouldn't have been doing. Um, and so I was like, I need to go as far as way as I can. And so I applied to, like... Clark Atlanta and like these schools outside of Kentucky and then I was like I need that keys money I need that in-state tuition and WKU was like the cheapest school that was farthest away from home and so I was like okay cool and they offered me uh I seen on the website that there was a transfer scholarship that I was eligible for so I was like cool I applied got the acceptance letter like three weeks later as soon as I got the acceptance letter I set up a meeting with coach and I was like all right this is gonna be tough so I went to coach's office and I'm like look like I appreciate you and all the opportunities but like i don't think this is where I'm supposed to be uh, without the ball. You know what I mean? And he he was a little upset. You know, coach are going to do their job and try to convince me to stay. I was like, nah, I've kind of made my decision already. Like, I appreciate it, but I'm going to step down. Mm-hmm. And really, I'm going to be completely honest. I hadn't told anybody this, but I knew I didn't want to play that winter going back. But I was thinking like, okay, if I tell them over winter break, they're not going to pay for my next semester. Mm-hmm. So, but if I wait until the semester starts, they already paid for it. It's got to be paid for. So that was my game plan. Um, and then, uh, because to be honest, I met with a physical therapist up here um, uh, at the Edgewood camp at the Edgewood um, St. E, and they basically told me what I already knew. Um, yeah. And so I was like, all right, I'm not gonna play, but I'm gonna let them pay for this next semester. So <laughs> did what I did. Did that's, what, that's did what I had to do. Like. Started the semester, and then uh, ended up removed myself from the roster. And for that. Once I, that was once I got accepted and I um, got accepted into Western man and I was like I'm gonna just try it you know what I mean and I went back home that summer and just worked UPS forty hours a week saving up money saving up money started at Western the crazy thing is like I knew one person at Western it was uh, Olivia Harris she we went to high school together only person I knew and I mean like we wasn't even close it was just like hey I went to high school with her I know her you know mm-hmm. what I mean like we're cool but it was never like so when I went down there. I never really considered the fact that I didn't know anybody there until I kind of got there. I was like, okay, my parents left. Mm, now what? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it was different. Man. It was a big school. Like, Lindsey Wilson was like a high school. It was smaller than Holmes. Yeah. Like, it was smaller than Holmes, which was crazy to me. So going from that to, you know, a university that has 22,000 plus students, it was like, wow, this is, this is crazy. But I loved it. Like, I loved it so much. Uh, met guys who were just like me. Um, I don't know if that was a good thing at the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I needed to be with some guys who weren't like me, but I found my niche, found my groove, and uh, kind of just really 
dove in. And I was like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to go 110%. And so did that. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened between that. But now, you know, I'm here where I'm at. And and uh, it's crazy. That's going to Western, man. I love Western. A lot of people are like, man, it's 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 this. I'm like, man, I love Western so much, man. Like, they really shaped me into who I am now. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, even when I transferred there, I was still, you know, young-minded, still mm-hmm. doing things that I was doing in high school. Like, and so that, I was, you know, when I, when I, I like to call it an a entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur when I went to Western Steel. And I, and I, when I did that, you know what I mean? It was putting my freedom at risk, putting things at risk. But I was only doing it to, to provide for myself, you know what I mean? But uh went down there and I met guys who were also entrepreneurs. So that didn't help me at first. But then I kind of met with, with a, a, one of my, got a mentor down there. And he was like, look, man, like you got way too much potential to be risking your life like this. And I was like... You're right. You know what I mean? So, like, we worked some things out, applied for more scholarships to where I was like, okay, I don't need to do this. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I'm at the point where I'm realizing I have way too much to lose. And if I want to go where I say I want to go, I have to, you got you to gotta let things go. You got to let people go. You have to outgrow people in situations, man. And so it's wild how, like, life works like that because people think, like, people come and go for a reason. Yeah. They're either in your life for a season or, like, they're there for a lifetime. And it's kind of like, that's part of growing up. And I think that's one of the hardest things is like, you grow up with these people and you're friends with these people, but then you also like, you don't want to like upset them. Mm -hmm. But then it's also like, I know that like, if I stay, this is just going to hold me back. Absolutely. And it's kind of like, I always wonder like what my life would be like if I would have went away to school. Yeah. But then I'm like, if I would have went away, like, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. For sure. And you can always think about, like, the what ifs and everything of that nature because it's like my parents wanted to send me to Holy Cross yeah. for high school. If I would have went to Holy Cross. You'd have been a completely different person. Completely different. I probably wouldn't have played soccer. I probably wouldn't have played football. Like, I probably right. would have just been strictly, like, basketball and baseball. And life would be completely different. For sure. But it's crazy how you say that because it's like there's people that, like, I don't talk to anymore but I also know that, like, if I see them, I'm not going to be, like, I'm better than you. Like, yeah, I'll still speak sure. to you. It's just... And I think when I look at, like, you know, the work that I would love to do in the community and the, and the young guys that I talk to and I try to mentor, it's like, that's the thing that they need to grasp the most that is the most difficult thing to grasp. And, I, and I'm not mad at them when it's hard for them to grasp because that was the hardest thing. Once I, like, once I grasped it, it was, like, a breakthrough, instant breakthrough. Mm-hmm. But, like... Everybody's telling me, like, man, like, you can't keep running with these guys. You can't keep running with these And I'm like, man, these are my boys. Like, these are who I grew up with. They helped me get through so much. But it's like, everybody cannot go to the next level with you. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if if you want to elevate your life, I mean, I think of it like a, like a, kind of like a scale. Like, if you want to go up, you got to lose some weight off that. You know, you got to take weight off. You know what I mean? And obviously, there's, there's good weight and there's bad weight. And sometimes you got to get rid of that bad weight, man. And so, like, it's just like, it was, but for me, it was just so hard, you know what I mean? Because, like, being transparent, like, I ran with guys who, like, had a good upbringing. I mean, like, the same type of upbringing as me as far as, like, we didn't really have a lot. So we had each other, like, you know what I mean? Like, some mm-hmm. of the guys that I ran with in high school, like, it was like, yeah, we we was, we was you know, the, the cool guys and we was this and that. But, like, really, we was, we served a, a great purpose in each other's lives. Like, we were there for each other. Like, one of my best friends, man, from my childhood, like, you know, he was going through things with his mom. I was going through things with my mom. We was there for each other. Like, I would get kicked out. I would go to his house. He would get kicked out, come to my house. Like, 
we needed some food. We would go to each other's crib. You know what I mean? Like, I needed some money. I could hit him up. He needed something. He could hit me up. Like, and now that I think about it, like, I didn't learn vulnerability until, like, my junior year of college, senior year of college. But, like, me and him, we were vulnerable with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. to, like to, a, to a healthy extent where it's like, that was pretty much the only person I could be like, man, like, I'm, I'm, I'm fucked up, bro. Like, I need, I need somebody to talk to. And, and we would be there for each other. And it was like, the hardest thing in my life was realizing that, like, I can love him from a distance. I can, I can be his, I can be there for him, support him from a distance. You know what I mean? Like, because we was just, life took us down two different paths, man. And like, I get it. From, I a, from get like, it. from high school, you know, I kind of, I think both of us realized that like, well, not really high school because we both wanted to play football and mm-hmm. things like that. But once I left for school, I think that's when both of us kind of realized like, all right, things are about to change. You know what I mean? But I, I always thought, like, man, he, he's always going to be my boy. Mm-hmm. Always going to be around, like, no matter where we at. But it was like, your circumstances shape who you are. You know what I mean? Your, your circumstances, your environment shape who you are. And my environment changed. So my headspace changed. My mentality changed. And, you know, when you growing, staying in Covington, you know what I'm saying? Especially when you're not going to school and things like that. It's, it, you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And so he made choices for himself, which I respect. You know what I mean? Like, I respect you. Everybody, every decision that people make, whether society agrees with it or not, whether it's deemed acceptable or not, is for a reason. So every choices that every choice that he made was for a reason. I respect it, and I love it for him. But, like, life just took us down two different paths. And so me realizing that I can't keep surrounding myself with people who aren't on the same mission as me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether our end goal is the same or not, we're not getting there the same way. You know what I mean? And so yep. I had to, like... Both of us had to sacrifice. And it's like, we don't talk. We don't reach out to each other. You know what I mean? Like, we see, we don't see each other really. But, like, I know that, like, I'm still close with his brother. And it's like, his brother, like, hey, man, he asked about you. And I'm sitting at school. Well, I'm typing a pair. I'm like, man, I hope he's all right. You know what I mean? Like, because that was, like, that was my blood brother, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was like, now we're not close, you know? you know. So, so that, it still has an effect on me. But I know that it was what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And I know that in terms of, like, the youth now, man, in Covington, it's like, there's so much potential. And every time I speak to the youth, I always tell them, like, watch you hang, watch you run with, you know what I mean? Like, because association is, is a motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? Like, I might not, I might not steal, but if I'm with somebody who's stealing. You're guilty. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, so that, that, that really can hurt you, man, and like, waste a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Too many stories of, like, man, I was just running with the wrong crowd. I was running with the wrong crowd. And, like, that's kind of my life story of, like, I learned from, not only from my mistakes, but from the mistakes of others. And I think that's what separated me from a lot of people, man. It's, like, most people make mistakes and they learn from them. Mm -hmm. I did that because everybody makes mistakes. But, like, I learned from the mistakes of those who who came before me. Like, all the mistakes my mom made, I was like, I'm not going to make that mistake. All the mistakes my my dad, my uncles, all the other they made, I was like, man, I'm not going to make that mistake. Like, my mom had me at 15. I was like, I'm not having a kid until... At least till I got some degrees or something, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like my, you know what I mean? Like my, my pops was in and out of jail. I was like, I'm not going to jail. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do to not go to jail. Um, and so I think that, you know, like separating yourself from the people that you know are on the same mission as you. And like you said, it it, it hurts them. You didn't want to hurt them, but it also hurts you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. dang, like most of the time when we don't remove ourselves from those people, it's like, it's mostly from our for our own, like satisfaction it's like man i can't do that like i can't you're selfish do you know what it's i mean like, like you want to be selfish but it's like i don't want to like it's like you have this thing in your mind where it's like we just invested 
so much yeah. into this. I was vulnerable. I was open. Like, I trust this dude or this woman or whoever it may be. Like, this For could sure. be whoever in your life. And it's like, it's like that fear of like never getting that again with someone you know else. I mean? You know like, what I mean? And really, it's like, it's a comfortability thing. Like, when people, like, when you're going through things in your life and you can go, I can call him up and be like, hey, bro, like, let's link up. Let's, let's go kick it. You know, like back then I used to smoke, like, Man, let's go smoke and just, you know what I'm saying, stress-free. We Like, that was my comfortable spot. Like, this is my brother. Like, anytime I'm around him, I know I'm good. I know we, he know he good. I know I'm good. Like, so now, even though my life's going in a different direction, like, I still want that. You know what I'm saying? I still want to be able to, every time I'm in town, call my boy and be like, let's link up. Let's go get some food. Let's let's go just chop it up, go to somewhere and and, and just talk about life like that's what we did man we would just talk about life like anything we was going through like I can honestly say I wouldn't be where I am today without him and so that's why it was so hard for me to be like we gotta we gotta we gotta go our separate way you know what I mean and so like I I, I think what people fail to realize what, what the youth fail to realize is that just cause you saying like you can't go to the next level with me don't mean it's not saying like you know fuck you I don't right. I don't want you rolling with me you know what I mean it's like it's basically just like look man like we on two different paths and you trying to walk my path on me or me trying to walk your path to you, it doesn't benefit either of us. You know what I mean? And hopefully one day, you know what I'm saying, we can re-click and, and things like that. But for now, it's, it's it's in both of our best interests to kind of go our separate ways. I wish you the best, and I, I pray for you. I, I think about you all the time, but, like, we got to do what we got to do, man. You know what I mean? Like, And it's so hard to, to grasp it at a young age, especially when, like, when we're talking to young guys who sophomores, juniors, seniors in high school, we're like, look, man, you got a lot of potential. You could do all these things but you got to watch who you're running with. You telling him to basically not associate himself with somebody who has been there for him in some of his hardest times, you know what I mean? Like who he feels the most comfortable around, you know what I'm saying? So that's why it's so hard because like somebody who's never been in these type of circumstances, in the circumstances that some of these young men are in, it's like, they're like, well, why don't you just stop hanging with him? It's not that easy, you know what I mean? Because you don't connect with just anybody. Mm-hmm. You don't relate to just anybody. So that's that's I think that's a big problem in our community, but... It's kind of like inevitable when you look at how people are, you know, being being raised. Connections are hard to just let go of. Any type of connection. Like that's that's just life. And I think it speaks wonders because it's like you're going to experience things and you're going to go through things. People come and go. But it's just how you how you learn and grow from those situations that matters the most. For sure, man. For sure. It's wild because we have a lot (laughs) in common. Like we've I've experienced very similar situations, especially graduating because a lot of my friends were like my teammates mm-hmm. and everything and they were always like younger than me yeah and it's just like oh i'm in college you gotta move on like you you're still I mean? in high school like and it's just like i'm doing my thing and like i think back to like my relationship when i was going into college like i was in high school i was in college but my girlfriend was in in high school still. yeah and I'm sitting here, like, making new friends, like, doing my thing, going to school, just, like, really finding out who I am mm-hmm. and not realizing, like, oh, like, we're at two different points in our lives. Like, sure. if we're meant to be, like, it will happen, like, later in the later on. Sure. But it's just, like, you can't, you can't force relationships to, like, to yeah. happen. It's not genuine and it's not authentic. And, and it just I mean, doesn't work that way. To, like on the flip side of what I was just talking about, like there are people who you know you might be very close with, and then when you go through it, enter into a new phase of your life, you might not be as close, but y'all still like what's real is gonna stick. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like so, like my brothers Mike, Zach, Jaden, you know what I'm saying, LJ, Monty, like they 
like some of them went to college, but you know they didn't they didn't finish, which that's just that's their life, that's their that's their journey, and we were three and a half hours apart, but like still close as ever. Anytime I pick up the phone, anytime I I was at school, and you know being at school is financially is kind of hard, especially when you don't have parents who are financially stable. So it's like. I'll call him out. Hey, bro, like, he sent me $20. Oh, yeah, for sure, no doubt. Like, they know the mission that I'm on, and they know that I can't do it alone. So, like, I wouldn't have been able to be where I'm at without them, even though we're on completely different paths. We're three and a half hours away. You know, that bond and that that relationship kind of never never really broke. You know what I mean? And so there are relationships where you might have to tone it down. Like, yeah, we don't get to hang out every day like we did, but, like, you still my boy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you still a, a, a key part of my journey, and I wouldn't be able to do it without you. You know what I mean? So... There are positives and negatives to, to 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 that aspect of it, for sure. I feel it. It's crazy. Growing up kind of sucks. <laughs> it does. It's like, man, you got to make sacrifices. Sacrifices suck, bro. Wish I could be a kid again sometimes. But let's go into this next segment because I'm super, super excited for it because it's one of my favorites. Not my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. For sure. Uh, so it's the chunk of everything. So what inspires you? But more importantly, what is it that truly ignites your why? Man. And if I get to talking too much, bro, cut me off. But like, this is this like, it's crazy because everything inspires me. Like, life inspires me. Being here today inspires me. But um, to the to the basics of it, you know, the more cliche answer that I'm sure you hear all the time. You know, my family inspires me. Um, I went kind of through the story with my mom. You know, what I mean, like, she sacrificed so much, bro. Like, so like, it's almost like for her to sacrifice so much to put me in a position to win. And then me not exploit those opportunities, it's like, that's kind of like a slap in the face to her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so every, all the sacrifices that she's made and, and seeing her struggle and, and hurt and, you know what I'm saying, go through all those things to, to, for me to be here and be in this, in this moment, have these opportunities, um, that inspires me a lot. That motivates me a lot. Like, anytime I'm feeling like, man, like, life sucks right now. I look at my mom who's working 40 hours a week plus overtime paying the bills by herself, still trying to take care of my younger brother who's who's in college, in high school, you know, caring for my grandma who who's on oxygen, you know, lives with her. Like, I, I think of all those things, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, like, I got to keep going. You know what I mean? Aside from my mother, my younger brother, he inspires me in different ways, though. Like, he, excuse me, he, like, he is unapologetically him. And sometimes, you know, especially when you're entering different phases of your life, you're growing, like, you kind of, you might lose yourself a little bit. You know what I mean? It's easy to do that. And I can always look at him and obviously from a perspective of like, okay, I have a younger brother who's looking up to me. I didn't have any like brothers who were like much older than me. Like I said, I didn't have anybody to look up to. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always reminding myself constantly every time I look at him, it's like somebody's looking at me and, and saying like, okay, let me see what he does. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, I learned from the mistakes of others. So like he's learning from everything I do, you know, good or bad. And so that is a constant reminder. And then also, um, like he is unapologetically him and I love that. You know what I mean? Like it's hard being a black man in today's world, but like being a gay black man is like so much harder. And I feel like no matter where he's at, no matter what room he's in, he is himself. And that inspires me so much, bro. Like, cause it's like, he's, he's younger than me. And like, it's been times where like, I'm in a different, I, I, I go into a different environment and that I'm not typically used to, and I might code switch or start acting a different way. I'm like, nah, let me be myself. You know what I mean? Like, people love me for who I am, and I love him for who he is, and I'm proud of him. And I tell him that all the time, but that motivates me a lot um, just to kind of stay true to myself no matter where I go. Um, Now, on a deeper level, I would say impact. Like, 
my impact on the world, my impact on people have a lot of, you know, uh, motivate me a lot. Like, if I can motivate one person, if I can, if I can change one person's life, like, that means the world to me. But if I can change a thousand people's lives, you know, millions of people's lives, like, that would mean so much to me because I didn't have role models. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't, I can genuinely say I didn't have a role model until my sophomore year when I met Coach Moore. Like, I did not have a, a role model, a good role model, at least. Like, I had role models who, you know what I'm saying, would teach me things <laughs> I didn't need to do. You know what I mean? I shouldn't have been doing, but, um, and so I kind of wanted to be that role model, which is like, like, that's why I do my motivational speaking. That's why if anybody follows me, you know, like, I do a lot of work with the youth. That's why I do all those things. It's because, like, I didn't have those things. So I just want to leave an impact. You know what I mean? Like, my story, my upbringing, that kind of, we talked about a little bit, motivates me daily. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that motivates me daily. And I know, like, when I do my motivational speaking, I oftentimes reference my upbringing, my story, because that can motivate others as well. So that motivates me. But, like, the fact of, like, when I grew up, you know, when I was, I couldn't control the situation I was born into. Like, like if life's a book, I wasn't the author of the first couple of chapters of my life, you know, until I left school, mm -hmm. until I left Covington, I mean. And then at that point, I was like, okay, like, life is a book, and I wasn't the author. I didn't get to determine the plot of my book. And now, like, the pen is in my hand, and I can write my own story, right? And so, like, that motivates me to say, like, yes, my upbringing was crazy and inspirational, but I can flip that and say, like, my story from here on out is going to be crazy, inspirational, impactful. You know what I mean? Like just the, just the thought of like, I can, I have choices. I have options. I can do whatever I want to do at this point in my life. It's like, that motivates me so much. Cause then I look back and I'm like, man, my mom's working this job and she don't want to, you know what I mean? Like she mm -hmm. works at, she, she works at UPS and she hates it. You know what I mean? Like, but she doesn't have a choice. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't have a, a choice to, okay. To say like, I don't want to work here. I'm going to work somewhere else, work somewhere else. You know what I mean? So it's like, the, the power of, like, being in control of my own life. You know what I mean? Like, that inspires me so much, bro. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people take a lot of things for granted. But, like, the power of choice is not something that I take for granted. You know what I mean? Like, I wake up every day. Like, right now, I'm applying for jobs. I'm applying. One of the jobs I applied for was a parole officer. One of the other one was, like, a academic advisor. One of them was, like, a, a hall director. Like, I'm applying for all different types of jobs. And it's like, I really have options. I have choices. And that motivates me a whole lot. But when I say, like, I would say what ignites me and, like, what is my why, it's got to come down simply to just my story. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that shouldn't be a me thing. That should be, like, everybody's story should be, should, should ignite them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, no matter what your upbringing looks like, because you determine from today on, from this moment on, like, you determine what, what what's to come. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> you are the author of your own story. And so my story, man, it's like, for me specifically, it's like I was born into a situation where I had absolutely no control over what I was born into. You know, I was, you know, working against the odds every single day. And, like, I just remember all those times where, like, I had no faith. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, man, like, I can't do this. Like, I can't keep doing this every day. I can't just keep sitting here fighting every day to try to create a future that I want, and especially a future that's so far away. Like, when I was in, like, sophomore high school, I'm eighth grade, ninth grade, like, I'm like, man, like, they keep saying, okay, work hard, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, but that's going to be six, seven, eight, ten years from now. And it's like, I thought that day would never come. And then now, sitting here, I'm in that position where it's like, I'm creating any life that I want. Like, when 
I was just thinking, like, on the way over here, I was like, okay, I feel like he's going to ask me who and who am I? And I was like, okay, well, what am I going to say? And it's like, <laughs> really, in the most simplest terms, like, I'm whatever I want to be. Right. Anything I want to be on any given day, I am that. Like, I wake up today and say, I want to be an artist. I'm going to be an artist. You know what I mean? Like, you can, I can be anything that I want to be. And that inspires me so much. Um, so my story, you know, my, my family, my, my, me being in control of my own life, and then really just, like, life, man. Like, we take life for granted. Like, I don't know if a lot of people realize we have a lot of first world problems here. Like, there's people, I, I have a <laughs> a mentor, she's my yoga instructor, and she she would be like, like, I would come in one day for class, and she'd be like, what's wrong? You don't, I'm, I'm tired. She's like, you got clean drinking water. What's wrong? I come next day, what's wrong? I don't want to go to class. You got clean drinking water. And I always be like, man, why do you keep saying that? And she was like, what do you mean? Like, you can go outside, turn this, and, you know, go to the water fountain, turn it on, and get some clean drinking water. There's people who have to walk miles and miles and miles to get a sip of drinking water who's, that's not even that clean. You know what I mean? It's like, that really put into perspective for me. Like, there's a lot of things that we complain about that, you know what I'm saying? It could be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, like, I, there's a J. Cole song. It's like, you know, we had it bad, but my homie down the street had it worse. Basically, that's what he said in simpler terms. You know what I mean? And it was like, that is like the story of my life. Like, yes, like, I sit here and talk about my life, how my mom had me at 15 and how we struggled and all this, but like, my best friend, his life was, you know what I'm saying, worse than mine. You know what I mean? And it's like, yes, my life, my life was bad. My, not necessarily bad. My life was rough and, and tough. But there's people out here who have it way worse. And I think mm-hmm. if we wake up every day and remind ourselves that, that, that should be a spark to our day. Like, man, like, I'm tired. I don't want to go to work. But I have a job to go to. Right. You know That's what I mean? the like, thing is, like, you got to think, like, it's the way your mind works. Literally. Because, <laughs> like, you can, it's, you have to change the way you think about things it's easy to complain and say like oh like i gotta do this this and that you get to but you get to do that every day you You get to wake up every day which is a blessing but like talking to you it kind of reminds me of a conversation i had with uh, a previous guest on this podcast uh tim bryson okay he talks about he does student athlete development uh, at the university of maryland and he talks about like your story Mm. and finding that story and walking in purpose so working up every day and living your purpose right. and finding that niche and finding that that go-to and just being authentically you. And I think that's what's super inspiring. But, like, I want to go back a little bit to, like, some of the things you were talking about. One, uh, yes, your brother does look up to you because as a younger brother myself, For sure. I watched my brother closely, like, everything that he did, like, mm-hmm. Sorry, Aaron, I'm putting your business out there. <laughs> but like when he went to, <laughs> when he went to school, like I saw like what not to do. Right. Right? Yeah. So like my brother like joined a fraternity and then like grades started to slip, mm-hmm. um, different things of that nature. I can mention this stuff because he he already talked about it on this podcast. <laughs> but like it was a it was an eye opener to me. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. Right. So when I go to school, I don't want to join a fraternity. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go out and drink all the time. I don't want to party. Like, because for me, it was just that negative experience. Right. And like, I saw like the trajectory of my brother's life go from like here to, you guys can't see my hands, <laughs> but like from up top to like to the bottom. But he eventually finished school. So, super proud of him for that. But it's kind of just 
you as a younger sibling like you see that stuff yeah and like i agree with you like your brother is authentically himself and like i don't know your brother i just know who he is like i see him like because i go to games and stuff but like you can see that he has this like light about him and like you can just see that from like from afar man it's so inspiring it's literally like and there's not many people who are like that and especially at such a young age he already has a sense of direction of like who he is and like what he wants to do and that's truly like amazing like it, sure. i wish i knew it and it's <laughs> like, age, like to be honest like i always knew that like okay my brother's looking up to me my brother's looking up to me you know what i'm saying but then it was like when i graduated two weeks ago you know i was at the hotel getting ready and he was like man like Cameron, he's like my big brother's graduating like i just want you to know man like that's truly inspiring truly inspirational to me and i was like man like just to hear you say that makes everything that i went through worth it you know what i mean because like i never had nobody i can go to and be like man you inspire me so much. Like, nobody in my family. Like, yeah, you're, go to this jail visit, this prison visit, and I'm just looking at you like, man, you inspire me so, like, I didn't never, <laughs> I never had that. You know what I mean? So, like, just to have that, man, it means so much to me. It makes all those struggles and those early mornings and late nights completely worth it because, shout out to him, man, he just got an offer to cheer at Georgetown on, like, basically, like, a full ride scholarship. And so it's like, everything's coming full circle, man. And I know that he has so much, potential like I always tell him like he's sick he says he's proud of me and I'm like bro like you have like a, he has above a 4.0 GP, GPA like it's like I graduated high school like a 3.2 or something like that and I was I was super proud of that but like you have like a 4 point something and it's like I, that's unheard of you know what I mean for me at least and so he's so much potential man and I'm excited to see where he's gonna go so shout out to him for sure that's exciting I always thought it was a competition with my brother I was like oh you graduated 18th in your class <laughs> I was kind of upset because I graduated 18th in my <laughs> class. So, like, really? I technically didn't, like, beat him in that aspect. But, like, it always was, like, my motivator. I think it was because, like, I was an athlete and I always wanted to compete. For sure. But it's crazy, like, because, like, I think back to, like, when you talk about Coach Moore. Mm-hmm. Amazing dude. I honestly want to have him on this podcast. So Man, he's, he's, he's dope. Coach Moore, if you're listening. He's going to listen. Got, I'm going to send this to him. He's, I got to get you on listen. the podcast eventually. Life changer right there, for but sure. I, I agree with you. Like, mentoring is huge in my life. Um, it's something I'm a huge advocate for. Because, like, I remember getting my mentor in high school. I was mm-hmm. a senior. It was right after... I wasn't right after soccer season. It was right before district tournament because we were playing Holy Cross. I remember this day vividly because I was scared shitless. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. We went to Simon Kitten to scout Holy Cross because yeah. we were about to play them. And, like, my mentor, Coach Haggard, uh, he was like, Austin, like... Come here a second, I need to talk to you. I'm just like, oh shit, like, <laughs> what the hell did I do? Like, what, am I in trouble? And then when he, like, he was like, hey, like, my boss, like, asked me to be a mentor. Um, I'm curious if, like, you would be my mentee. So I was like, sure. Sure. Like, I'm not gonna say no. Yeah. Like, but in my head, I'm like, do I need a mentor? You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't need this. You know what I mean? But honestly, it was the best decision I ever made. Literally, like, I would not be the man I am today without Tom. Like, Tom has been a huge influence on me and my life. For sure. And literally, like, he took me on college visits. He helped me, like, apply for colleges. <laughs> and <laughs> he would be there at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning if I needed to call someone. Like, that was, like, my rock. Like, Man. I could know, like, I could turn to him and he wouldn't judge me or complain. And it just inspired me to do the same. Because, like, that's why I mentor Javier. Like, Man. Javier literally, like... I see him, I tell people, it's like my son. (laughs) But literally, like, I literally just want Javier to be the best person, the best man he can Mm -hmm. be. And 
honestly, it's just being there for him. And, like, I just had, a, like, an open conversation with him, like, not so long ago. I was like, hey, like, I know I haven't been around as much as, like, I used to. But that's because, like, I've been dealing with shit personally. Yeah, like, sure. I had to really hone in and figure out myself before I could even Try help you. Help you figure out who yeah. you are. Right. So it's it's crazy how you mentioned this mentor aspect because it's, like, it's such a need and if you are in Covington or in the Northern Kentucky area and you want to be a mentor, Covington Partners has an amazing mentoring program for our Covington students. It's only 30 minutes to an hour a week, and I'm not getting paid for this promotion <laughs> right now, but it literally changed my life. Changed like their lives, slogan man. is real, mentor one student changed two lives. And I think what you're doing with your motivational speaking, speaking to the youth, it, it shows um, being that just role model for them and just being there to kind of show them like, hey, I walked the same shoes, Man. maybe if not the same, but like very similar yeah. story. And if I can do it, you can do it. And that's kind of like my mindset is I want to be able to show kids in Covington that like I went to homes. Yeah, I graduated. Sure. I graduated honors <laughs> in college. I graduated with a 3.9 with my master's degree at the Man, age of that's, 22. That's dope. So it's like I was doing these things to show, especially Javier, like you can do it. For sure. Like, and that's what's. And, and I mean, like, he he downplays it every time I tell him, but like, I always tell Mr. Moore, Coach Moore, Brian, uh, I'm so, I'm grown now. It's like I, I met him as Coach Moore, then it was Mr. Moore, and now it's B. So like, uh, I always tell him all the time, like, man, like, I genuinely wouldn't be here without you. And he's like, ah, oh, nah, man, this is all your work. And I'm like, bro, like, you don't understand. Like, like you exposed me to so much that, like, like my MacBook, I still use to this day. He bought, him and his wife bought me, well, his wife at the time bought that for me when I, when I was um, going to college. He helped me apply for college. He took me on college visits. He took me, like, like, bro, like, anytime I was in school, like, my first car, he bought it for me. You know what I mean? Like, my second car... He got it. No, my first car, he gave me money on it. The second car, he gave he got his got it to me for free. Like third car, he sold it to me for five hundred dollars. Like bro, like I literally wouldn't be here um, if it wasn't without him. And then it's like it just crazy because at the time, like I was leaving for school and I was you know finishing up high school. Like my my dad was in prison, so like I didn't have a father figure, and he was like that father figure for me. Like he gave you know he had his his son, his first son, and like that's like my little brother. Like it's like it's crazy because like. I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing today if he hadn't done that work, you know what I'm saying, for me. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's why I always give him props. He's like, man, I'm proud of you. And I'm like, bro, like, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, no. like, And that's because, like, we haven't really been able to have the same relationship because I've been away for four, for three and a half years, four years. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's different. But, like, the work that you did in those two years of my sophomore, junior, and senior year, you know what I'm saying, the end of my sophomore and then my junior, senior year, it's like, left this mark on me to like say like I need to do this for other people because like mm -hmm. I can genuinely say like like my first it's like my first semester in college bro like I failed my first math test and like I said Holmes was so easy to me like I never failed I failed my first math test and I was like I know what you're talking about I'm going home like yeah <laughs> I was like I can't do it I'm going Clocking home out. <laughs> I called him and I had been in school for like three weeks and I called I was like look bro I, I'm going home he's like man what are you talking about I was like bro I just failed a test like I remember failed a test like life is over like this is the end for me. Like, there's nothing I can do to bounce back from this. And he was like, man, we're going to get you a tutor. I'm going to help you. Call me. I'm going to help you with your homework. And like I said, I ended up finishing that semester with a 4.0 GPA. And so it was like, 
from the small things to the giant things, like I would not be here without him. And it's like, it's it's so crazy, bro. Like just to see how it all comes full circle. Mm-hmm. And now like I have mentees who are texting my phone like, hey, Mr. J, like uh, thank you so much. Like I had, I spoke at a inaugural tie ceremony like three weeks ago for um, the Boys to Men program, which I'm like a mentor for that. Um, and, you know, I told my life story, basically some of the, basically what I talked about on here today. I kind of gave them that spiel. And then at the end, kind of tied it into like characteristics that, you know, I had to develop throughout my life to get where I am. And like the next day, like, I mean, after that, it was like following that tie ceremony, like them parents and students was coming up, can I, can I get a picture with you? Like your story inspired me so much. Like, please, can I get a picture with you? And that, that was really dope. And then the next day, um, the school contacted me and said, like, one of the students that I was talking to had, like, a, a very bad behavioral problem. Wanted me, like, have some one-on-one mentoring with him. I was like, man, that's dope. Like, I'm about to graduate. I can do that. Went, had lunch with him, kind of talked about some stuff. And, like, I'm talking about, I walked in the cafeteria. And this is the school that I spoke at the night before. And I mean, like, you would have thought Michael Jordan walked in the cafeteria. Like, <laughs> I sat down with the guy. I sat down with the kid. And all the other kids are like... Can I go see with Mr. J? Can hey, Mr. J? Hey, like even kids that I didn't speak to that spoke to their friends about the 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 tie ceremony was like, hey, hi, hi, Mr. J. Hey, Mr. J. Like it was crazy. Like kids were getting up, walking across the the, the cafeteria to come sit with me, and it's like I really had an impact on these kids. Like they remember my name. Like I was like, dang. Like I mentioned my name at the beginning of the speech. So hey, I'm Jay York. Two days later, you're like, hey, Mr. J. It's like man, that's just that. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you didn't remember nothing, it's like. You cared enough to remember my name and and come up and speak to me. I could see on their faces like they would ask me like, "Okay, how school? Like, what what is college like?" Like, and I mentioned school a couple times in the speech. You know what I mean? So it's like they were engaged. Like that story stuck yep. with them. That stuck story, you know, had some type of impact on them. Um, and it's just crazy. Like that, everything's coming back full circle. You know what I mean? Like mentoring is like no matter where I'm at in life, whether I talk to Tom every single day or don't talk yeah. to him for weeks, I know like he's always in my corner. For sure. And that's what I love about it. I kind of want to go into my next segment because it's my it. favorite segment. Let's do it. So <clears throat> 2020 and 2021 have been a whirlwind. <laughs> Everything that's been going on. And I know recently, like with your graduation, I know that had to be tough. Yeah, for sure. I, I get it. Not maybe not exactly like that, but like I didn't get like I graduated in December of 2019 and didn't get to walk because of COVID. So like it just kind of sucks. If you guys aren't aware, uh, there was the tornadoes that hit uh, Western Kentucky and a lot of other areas. And Jay's graduation was postponed because it happened the night before. Uh, For sure. But you did the damn thing. Did it, man. So that's all that matters. I did it. But. How have you been taking care of yourself mentally, man? Um, you know, mental health, man, I didn't realize how important that was um, because of the way I grew up. Like, I grew up and you weren't allowed to express how you felt. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think, you know, my, my dad, like, he was like one of those tough dads. Like, suck it up. You know what I mean? Like, quit crying before I give you something to cry about. Like, that type of dad. So it's like, I appreciate that because it, it helped me. Like, those, that's not being able to, express my emotions and not being able, not like being very emotional served a purpose in my life as a child growing up. Like mm-hmm. that served a purpose because I went through a lot of crazy stuff. And so I still had to go to school and be a top scholar. You know what I mean? Like be top athlete, top scholar, be a good friend, good brother. And it was like, so that served a purpose in my life. And I'm thankful for that. But like once I am started becoming a man, I was like, okay, like 
there's something wrong with me. You know what I mean? Like, and I could never figure out what it was like the first three years of college. And to be honest, I didn't master vulnerability and, and mental health, not masters. I'm still working every day, but I didn't really grasp the concept of vulnerability and mental health until like the beginning of my senior year. Like, I mean, like, no, actually the beginning of my last semester, because I, I did my full senior year and had to do an extra semester. So the beginning of this semester, it all hit, man. It was like, it was so crazy. Like, I I was just, I'm the type of guy, like, take it on the chin, keep pushing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I try not to cry, I try not to feel emotions. I'm like, man, it is what, I'm one of those, it is what it is. Like, it is what it is. I could be completely heartbroken. I'm fine. I'm good, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't stop asking me. Like, I'm good. Yeah, like, I, I get it. You know what I mean? And so, <clears throat> Life had gotten so overwhelming for me, bro. Like, with the pandemic being away from home, like, not having that family aspect, like, it just, it made it worse. Because I was like, man, like, I'm I'm still good. Like, I'm always good. I don't, I always say, like, people like, oh, be good. Are you, are you good? I'm always good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I was always my response. I'm always good. But I'm really not, though. Like, because I had that instilled in me as a child, like, don't show emotion. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, there's a lot of things that I went through as a child that I never even dealt with. And I never realized Crazy that. And me. I never, I never realized that. I was just like basically, you know, pushing pushing it to the side mm-hmm. and keep moving until it was the end of the, this summer that just passed, bro. Like I was sitting there and I started like, like things that I went through as a child. I mean like eight, seven, eight, nine. It's funny how you say that, because like I go to therapy every two weeks. Um, it's honestly changed my life. And it's crazy because it's like you don't realize the traumas. I don't want to say traumas necessarily, but we we call them wounds. My therapist yeah. calls them wounds. So, like, you have these wounds that are buried in a hatchet deep mm-hmm. down inside of you, and you've trained your brain to think a certain way. Right. So when yeah. certain things happen, you you have the power Right? Mm-hmm. This is what she always tells me. I feel like I'm a therapist right now. But you have the power, right? You have the power of agreement, right? You can recognize what's going on, but you have the power to agree. Like, I'm going to feel this way or I'm going to do it this way. For sure. And when you're such a young age and you're masking all of these things and you're dealing with what you're dealing with, it all comes back in the end to kind of like come full circle and yeah. you have to deal with those those wounds. You have to, bro. Like, I mean, like, I was, and this is me, like, going into my last semester of college. Like, I know that, like, okay, all the struggles I went through my whole life is about to pay off because I'm about to be in a position where I can do whatever the hell I want to do. And, you know, like, for some reason, like, nothing traumatic happened. Well, I, I went, I was going through a, a breakup. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I was emotional from the breakup, but I was emotional on my own time. Like, when I'm in my room, you know, I'm like, dang, like, now I'm feeling sad. Now I'm feeling these things. But then I realized, like, I'm sad, but, like, I'm not really sad about the breakup. Like, I was sad about things that, like, were not recent at all. Like, I would be sad and then, like, like okay, let, let me let me backtrack. I was sad about the breakup for sure. But, like, I would be sitting in those emotions from the breakup and then somehow it would shift to, like, things that happened six, seven, ten years ago. And I was like, what is going on? Like, why mm-hmm. am I sad that my dad went to jail at 10 years old and I just went through a breakup? Like, and I'm 22 now. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Like, like that was just an example. But like, so many of these things that I was dealing with as a child, well, that I didn't deal with as a child, that I just kind of sucked it up and kept moving, started resurfacing. Like, and I I went to my, my, I had a, she wasn't my therapist, but like, 
she is but not officially. Like I had a, my <laughs> yoga professor, which is a, a, a professional counselor and therapist. I went to her and I'm like, like I have something going on. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, man, like there's these these traumatic events that I went through at a very young age that like are really starting to affect me at 22 years old. And I was like, should not be happening. She was like, that's because you're not, you never sat with your emotions. She said, the only way to move on from things is to feel those emotions, move them through your body and breathe them out. You know what I mean? I'm like, me, I go through something and I'm like, got to keep moving. I'm good. You know what I mean? So the whole experience of like, okay, I have to deal with my emotions. Like there's things that I have to deal with in order to be a, a fully functioning adult and function mm-hmm. the way I want to function and be as effective as I want to be. Um, I had to deal with those emotions. And so like, it got to a point, bro, like I was really emotionally and mentally just like down bad. Like I I just got in my car. It was like, it was a weekend. I had worked Monday through Fridays in the summer and it was like a Friday evening. I was just like in my head so much. And I'm like, basically I had had this suck it up mindset my whole life to where I'm in denial at this point. Like I'm in denial mm-hmm. of my emotions. Like, man, I'm, I'm good. Like I That's promise crazy. I'm good. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like there's like a, a voice on this side saying like, no, you're not. And the other side, he's like, bro, like you're good. You don't need to deal with nothing. And I just feel my gas, my gas tank up, bro. Got on the, got on the road and just took off. Like, and the whole time, I don't even know what I'm feeling. Like, I'm just like, if you, if Confused was a person, it was me, bro. Like, <laughs> I was just driving. And I ended up uh, hopping off the highway in, like, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Like, I was just driving, bro, like, hours and hours. Just listening to music, kind of, like, processing my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Got off the highway, and I was checking into the hotel. You know, I paid, paid for the hotel, checked in, and I'm just laying in the bed, and I'm like, I have always been the person that's in control of my life. And so I right now I have to take control. Hopped on a phone call with the with the um, counselor, and she was like, Jay, like, you have to listen to your heart. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, And so I sat there. I, I sat there, and I couldn't. Like, I'm an environment person. So, like, in this mm-hmm. hotel room, I just felt like I couldn't do it. And the next morning I woke up, I went to the riverbank. And I'm in a city I've never been in, like, Something just called me to get off the highway here. <laughs> Went down there, and I'm just sitting there, man, and I just kind of, like, walked through my life. You know what I mean? Like, some of the things that have really, like, everything that was resurfacing, I just went and revisited. Mm-hmm. Like, basically doing what I should have done then, but I didn't have the mental, emotional support to be able to do that. I didn't know how to do that. And uh sat with my emotions, realized, okay, I had to ask myself, what is it? How does it make me feel? Why does it make me feel this way? You know, and like, that's what, the hardest. What do part. I need to do to yeah. move forward? Hardest part is understanding, like, why do I feel this way? My therapist always tells me, like, I'll say something, and she's like, because. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh, like, I didn't want always, to talk about that. There's always a because. Like, can we just let it be? But sure. it's, that's the thing with dealing with emotions is like, it's so easy, especially as men. I think it's easier for mm-hmm. men to mask their emotions and push them aside because for sure. the the stigma uh, society puts on it. But it's just like you have to address things and like the thing, you know those uh those little balls that like expand and go back in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. My therapist has one of those, and she's like, "You this this is these are your emotions, right? When it expands, you can address it, right? But you have the control." To push it back. To close it, yeah. And I'm just like, damn, like, 
Why are you exposing me like this? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but it's like, you take those moments, like you take those periods where it's like, okay, like I want to really talk about this and address it. But then when it's like, okay, like I, I want to close it, I have that power mm-hmm. to do so. So it's like, not, that's what I'm working on is yeah. not fully suppressing my emotions, uh, but expressing them in a way that's normal i guess yeah. I, I guess normal <laughs> but a uh, normal for me so it's yeah. really it, it looks out. different for everybody bro. yeah like I, when i hit the highway bro like that was like i knew like i'm a religious person like that was god telling me like go deal with this but when i hit the highway initially i didn't know how i was gonna deal with that i was like you know what i'm i don't want to call it running away because i knew i was coming back i was just like look man i'm taking a little getaway and i have to deal with these right. emotions but i didn't know how and so then i was in the hotel before i had went to the river I was in the hotel, went to the weight room, you know, I was getting a workout in. And I'm sitting there, I'm by myself in the gym. And I was just like, man, like, I have to figure out what it is, how it makes me feel, why it makes me feel that way, and what I have to do to move forward. So, like, I literally walked through every traumatic experience that I could, that was, that was present with me. And I said, okay, what is it? This is what it is. How does it make me feel? Okay, it makes me feel sad, angry, and, you know, disappointed. Okay. Why does it make me feel this way? It makes me feel this way because I don't like. There's that word. You know because. what I mean? Like that. Like you have to address the why mm-hmm. and the because. Like it makes me feel this way because of this, this, and this. Okay, now what do I have to do to move these emotions through my body? Like that was the biggest mental health breakthrough that I've ever had, and it really came from me listening to my heart, like opening my mm-hmm. heart. But it was like I wasn't vulnerable enough to open it with anybody else. I had to do that alone. Mm-hmm. And like since then, bro, like since then it was just like, like life has come so easy. You know what I mean? Like, because I like, it could be something simple as like, we could be having a conversation here and you could say something that I really don't like. And I I could leave here and I'd be like, man, like, I do not like what he said. And I like in the moment, I'll be like, okay, what is it? This is what he said. How does that make me feel? Why does it make me feel that way? Okay. How can I move past it? Like, if I, I I take that approach to everything, you know what I mean, and I kind of I kind of relate it back to like a friendship. So like, if me and you were best friends, and you know, best friends argue, we fall out or whatever. If I have a problem with you, like like me and you get into like a serious argument, like mm-hmm. where personal stuff is being thrown around, like that's my best. You're my best friend, so eventually we're gonna get over it. But like, if we never talk about it, there's always still gonna be that like. That tension. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and like that tension in relate in relation to your mental, emotional health, like there's that tension you have with yourself where like you could get in an argument with your girl over something very, very little, but that tension with your emotions and your trauma sparks it into something huge. Communication. Like, you know what people. I mean? And so like that tension that me and you would have as best friends, like if we never address that, there's always going to be issues. Mm-hmm. Always. But like you're going to address that with your best friend. You're like, look, man, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to do that. Like. I shouldn't have said these things. Like that's the way you have to unpack your emotions. And that's the biggest tip that I learned from others. And that I kind of experienced myself is like, you have to unpack all your emotions. But as far as 2020 and 2021, taking care of mental health, man, I realized that like, we can't like, we was on quarantine. Like and all we were told to do is just sit in the house, but you got to be able to do something. Man. Like, you have to stay active, whether it's physically or mentally active. Like, I started reading a little bit, and my problem is I'll read a part of a book, start reading another book, read another book. And I was like, I never finished books, but, like, I'll read a good section. And then, like, I'll kind of – I started I started listening to podcasts, you know what I mean? Um, 
And then like having all that time to sit with myself, I, like I said, I reflected on everything that I had went through as a child. And that made me start my motivational speaking video. Because mm-hmm. I started off just doing recording videos, you know what I mean, like of what I was thinking. And it was just like, okay, I need to address these. How do I, how do I want to address them? I'm going to talk about them. And I think that me talking about my personal experiences, a lot of people can relate to that. So that's why I'm going to record them. Um, that helped me a lot. Like, And the crazy thing is I would post these motivational videos and people would comment like, man, I need to hear this so bad. Yeah, they Thank blow you. up on Instagram. And it's them. like, and to be honest... <laughs> I make these videos for myself. Like I make them like most videos and most of the topics that I talk about is something that I'm currently going through in my life. Like one of my videos, um, I made a, it was basically about like, it was my first video that I posted. It was like, you, you quit? You're going to give up? Like you got to, when you're going to give up, you got to hold on to the things that keep you grounded as a person. And, you know, I went on about like basically not quitting and how like we're blessed. And that was because I was at a point where I was about to quit. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I was at the point where I hit the road and I and I took off, you know what I'm saying? And I made another video about suppressing emotions. That's because I was in the moment. Like, like I made a video. There's a video on my page right now, and it just talks about how, like, if you don't address the ugly side of your emotions and all those emotions and, and trauma that you have as a kid, it's going to rise up and, and flood. And, and I was literally in Tuscaloosa, Alabama when I recorded that. Like, that was present for me at the moment. Like, all of my videos and all of my topics are present for me. And so for me, that's a huge benefit like an exercise for me my mental health is like whatever I'm going through talk about it because as a kid I was never really able to talk about it mm-hmm. like I feel like it was looked it was deemed as soft or you know what I'm saying like to just talk about how I'm feeling and so those videos like that's my way authentic of just self. you know what I mean that's me that's like, your authentic self and that's, that's all me. you can really do in life is really just be be you be true to yourself be authentic with who you are and I think like People are truly going to see who Jay York is. Yeah. Or not see, but, like, hear. Feel. Especially, feel like, it. hearing you speak now and, like, talking about your story and everything you've been through. Like, it's truly amazing. Like, I couldn't deal with my emotions by myself. Because I'm the type of person that would just, like... That's why I work seven days a week. Because right, yeah. it was my, my way of Trying to keep yourself busy. coping. And it's just, like, mental health has been a huge thing for me. I'm a huge advocate for it. And I'm super proud of you. Like, Thank I've you, been able to watch you grow from when you were either, like, eighth grade. Eighth grade we I, were, I dressed varsity baseball, yeah, eighth grade. I was man. injured that year because I was playing, because I had surgery on my shoulder. And, like, I just remember watching your growth of going through high school, playing football, going to college. Like, yeah. I've watched your whole journey, like, it's unfold. Crazy, and, like, I... When I'd say, like, I'm proud of you, like, I truly am. Like, it really is inspiring just to see other kids from Covington. You're not a kid anymore. But uh, other people from Covington be successful. And that's why I, like, try to get people from Covington back on here because I love spreading our stories and our voices because I feel like there's so much impact we can have. So I just want to say thank you for taking the time to tell your story and truly like it's been amazing it's been good to catch up because i haven't seen you probably since high school literally yeah i think it's about has seven been or eight since, years like, your graduation yes so i appreciate you um if anyone wants to continue like having a conversation with you about anything that we talked about today uh what's the best way for them to get a hold of you um you can reach out to me through my social media and i, and I say that just because a lot of the content that i post is on my social media my motivational speaking my um, photography the link to that, link to my other photography page is in my actual personal bio, uh, my my brand, everything will be posted there. But in terms of just talking to me about my story, I mean, my DMs are always open. 
I follow back. Just follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is I am J York. No, no underscores, no, no dots, no commas. I am J York. That's I A M J A Y Y O R K. Um, and so yeah, reach out to me, man. Um, I love conversation. Like I, that's what I do. Like I'm a talker. I can talk for days. <laughs> I can talk for hours. But um, just want to say, man, thank you. Um, when I say I genuinely appreciate it, like I genuinely appreciate this opportunity and just the work that you do. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate that because a lot of people can, you know, make it to the point where they want to make it and not really consider others and their journey. So I, I, from one person to another, like, I appreciate you. I appreciate the work you're doing, man, and keep doing that for sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm going to put all of Jay's information in the description below. If you guys happen to reach out to him, please make sure you make a note of where you found him just so he's not a little bit confused. (laughs) But thank you guys for listening in. And always remember, find your purpose and ignite your why. Be with love, man.